And, and so when we, once we've repented of sin and we know God has, there's no need for us to walk around and keep reiterating within our hearts and then singing about it. Because all we're doing is, is causing that thing to stay with it. And God tell us to rejoice, not to walk around feeling all sorrowful and crying and carrying on. And uh, no, 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 there's a time that we step outside. We get away from that. When you first sin, I said, I was going to do this another time, but, uh, but you understand what I'm saying. And, and, and so when you've repented of sin, there is not a need for you to stay there. It, 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 you, you get up. And I, I do have scripture for this. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that whatever is being said, whatever is being prophesied, there is a word in the scripture. The scripture will validate it is of the Lord. And, and so I'm going to stop right there because we have an open scripture uh, to be read. Uh, come on. And then right after the open scripture, we're going to going to worship with the song. Uh, Give us your heart by William McDowell. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word.
that the king of glory will come in if we just open up. That was Give Us Your Heart by William McDowell. Give us your heart. You know, David prayed that prayer for Solomon. He asked the Lord to give him a perfect heart. Give him a perfect heart to do his will. David understood and knew what it meant to do the will of God. The Bible said that David was, that he followed everything that God said, with one exception. Let's focus on him doing everything that God said. It, we don't have to deal with the one exception. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But can we do what we know is right to do? Can we seek God with our whole heart? And the Bible is calling for us to do that. I believe it's in Deuteronomy. I believe it's Deuteronomy. Uh, and and you, if I could be wrong, but you know, it's all right. But I'm telling you, if I sat down with my Bible and, and look for it, I'm sure that I'm close. I'm sure that I'm, I'm very close to what the Lord has called us to do. And the Lord has called us to do something that's not hard. It's not difficult. It's doable. Whatever God has asked you to do, what he has certainly asked all of us to do is doable. It's Deuteronomy 6 and 4 is what I was thinking of. But right underneath that, and I'll go ahead and read the, the fourth verse. In the fifth verse, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. I was close. Well, we're going to go into the word of God this morning. I'm so I'm excited. There's a lot on my mind. You know, as they as we say, there's a lot on my plate, you know whatever vernacular you may use or wherever you are. Um, I love you. Thank you for tuning in and, uh, and, and praying for us as we are certainly praying for you. We've been fasting and, and praying and we're still fasting and we're still praying and seeking the Lord because the Bible says some things come by prayer and fasting. And so again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us to grow with us and be blessed with us. If you are in the Los Angeles uh, area, Riverside, San Bernardino, we are centrally located and certainly uh, invite you to come and be part of the service unto the Lord. Now, we just um, deployed in a new website. Uh, that we're yet building and working on. And I, I do a lot of this work myself um, with the help of others, but I use my skill that I've learned at work as well to uh, unto the Lord. And so we've deployed a new website. Um, and so we're preparing to get that video uh, feed ready. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I, I trust that 
that that yes means that that we're further ahead than what we were a week ago. All right. You know, one of the things I stress and I've learned from myself is that God's business is the most important business. We go to work. We sacrifice for work. We're there on time. You, you know, we do things that we need to do. We don't clock out until this time. But God, we put God on pause and tell him he got to wait. And then we tell him he got to wait again because we forgot to do it. You know, and we, oh, something else came up, you know, and, and that took priority, even though it wasn't as important as we thought it was. God's business is the most important business that there is. And so, you know, we'll we'll call off for church, but we don't call off for work. Nope. Let's be fair unto the Lord. Because that's the one that gave us the breath. And without that breath, you're not going to work. Nope. I've never met nobody that showed up to, to the office that could not inhale or exhale. You know, if they did, I, I don't know how to respond. But so we launched a new website. Not only did we launch a new website, but also a new store to support the ministry uh, for the work. And, um, you know, and I was looking at the counter, Pentecost, the counter, when that counter was first placed there, it was it was nearly 300. It was just coming down in 300 days. Do you know it's almost we're coming up to the point where six months out there, six months. And so there's a lot of work to be done in preparation. And so we don't have time to dilly dally, you know, and act like Sally. No offense to Sally, but we don't just have time for that stuff. Whatever needs to be done, follow ups and different things that need to be handled. It is the responsibility of the people, not God. His work is finished. He's finished his work. And so our work must be done. And so I solicit your prayers as we are going forth. Now, Pentecost 2024, will be here before you know it. If you have not, if you want to join and be part of the service, uh, we will make certainly the information as far as uh, hotels and flight. Uh, the nearest airport, which is Ontario Airport, um, is nearby uh, the event where we're having. the. Um, and, and so I want to invite you to come and be part of the service become part of the praise and the worship because it's, it's going to be a historical moment. It is a historical moment for us. And so COG, if you had not thought about that, I want to bring that to your mind that this is a historical event. And, um, and so we're going to go on into the word of God. There's so much more that I could talk about and rattle on about, but the word of God is more important right now. I'll come back to and talk about other things later, but certainly the word of God and the support of God's work is important. It's important. Anyone that don't know that, um, you know it now because I've told you. And, you know, I was driving and I was thinking about when Jesus was, was here and he, he started to call disciples. I, I want you to make note that everyone he was calling was doing something. They weren't just sitting around uh, doing nothing. They were doing something. They were business owners. They were at work and all. He was he was calling people that was doing something, you know. And so, um, yeah, consider that. Consider that. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not room for it because anyone that's not doing something, I, I have a job for you. And, and so there's something to be done. But. Jesus called those that was doing something. And so you want to be doing something. Uh, the Bible tells us that work establishes our thoughts. Yes. And the, the work of a, uh, the, the, the sleep or the slumber, uh, but the sleep of a, uh, a man, a working man is sweeter than someone that is not working. You can bear witness to that. If you've ever been in between jobs, you have restless nights. Not because you're worrying so much as that you have not done anything to, to cause you to be tired. You haven't mentally stimulated or physically exhausted or mentally exhausted. And so uh, just some things to think about right now. The Bible tells us in the book of Mark, the 14th chapter, and while you're turning there, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord. And that's what we're doing. We're trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. 
Now, that's a progress. That's a process, excuse me. To make progress, that is a process. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, because if you're not used to doing that or you haven't been doing it, then uh, to do it now is a process. And I'm not opening up a door and saying it's a process so you can walk around and say, God's not finished with me yet, you know, and all of those different cliches that people have. No, it just means that you're going to have to apply effort. When, when it seemed like a moment that you don't want to, you have to tell self, trust in the Lord with all your heart and make yourself do that. And lean not into thy own understanding and in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. All right. You should have Mark 14th chapter by now. Drop down to the 12th verse if you would. It says, and the first day of unleavened bread, when they... Killed the Passover. His disciples said unto him, where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he said, uh, and he sent forth two of his disciples and said unto them, go ye into the city. And there shall be, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, the master saith, where is the guest chamber where I should eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, this particular passage is often used for the um, for the Passover week, you know, leading up to um, leading up to the crucifixion and uh, leading up to the sacrifice that was made. But this morning, I, I want to use it to talk about the next step you take, the next step you take. Now, preparation, as you know, are the steps we take, the moves we make. It is the action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. Are you making ready to be used? What are you doing to be ready? I was told that preparation precedes a blessing. So I want to reiterate that preparation does precede the blessing. I believe this to be a truth. I also believe it to be common sense. Yes, common sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense, then it is nonsense. And I'm sure this makes sense. Many people cleave to cliches. Uh, and the cliches don't make sense, but yet they hold on to it because it was said, my mama told me, my, my uncle, my friend told me, you know, and all. And so we cleave to these different slayings and sayings that are nonsense. I was talking with someone uh, recently and I, I made a statement to them about inquiring uh, about uh, a price of something. And they said, well, you know, mama said, uh, you know, they, you know, sometimes you talk to people and they'll, they'll refer back to their mom or, you know, but mama said um, that if you have to ask, then you can't afford it. And I felt my my arm going back as if I was getting ready to do a a, a slam duck on somebody, uh, but I didn't. Uh, and and I say that because uh, the Bible tells us in Luke. Now, see, that was a cliche that was being that was something that was being used uh, to to shut someone down, to brush them off, to uh, and, and that's just not true. That's not proper business ethics. The Bible tells us in Luke. For which of you intending to build a tower? You're going to build a structure. You're going to build a skyscraper. You're going to do something. Sitteth not down first and count the cost 
so that you can see if you have sufficient and maybe you have what it takes to buy that. But then after you think about it, it's like, well, why should I? I don't really need that. Uh, people jump up and buy a, a, a car that's outside of their budget because they liked it in that moment. No sooner you drive off the lot, uh, the car depreciates by tens of thousands. A car that cost a let's say a hundred thousand. Now you've driven off the lot with it, and it's it's no longer worth a hundred thousand. It's worth eighty thousand. You can go if you wait a year, you can go buy that same car for for probably seventy five thousand. But it was a hundred thousand when it was the when they rolled it off the assembly line and first put it on the lot. We got to use some sense. And so it's not that you can't afford it. And there are other many other cliches that I I could bring up. But I just want to use that one for an example uh, that uh, we need to stop and think about what we're saying. We need to stop and think about it. And I I have a long pen. And when people come up with cliches and there's no validation as far as it being real, that I, I will use that pen and pop it. Uh, immediately because it it don't need to go any further truth the bible said know the truth and the truth will set you free some of the hiccups that we have and that we have carried on and things that we have done throughout the years is based upon nonsense it's based upon nonsense let's go on a little further here we get mentally prepared for job interviews i hope you do you get mentally prepared for school and many other things, I hope. I'm really hoping that you do. I'm really hoping. A young man went to a job interview and, and he was telling me about it. And at the end of the interview, um, I asked the young man, I said, well, did you reiterate? Did you know anything about the company when you went into the interview? No. Uh, when you were talking with them, did you did you reiterate to them uh, the what they were telling you the job description was and you reiterated to them how you had experience in that area and how it applies to what they're telling you no uh, at the end of the interview they they asked him and said was there anything else that you would um, that you want to add and he said well when when can I uh, is it, when can I start the job I'm like no that that's not what they were asking you you, you never sold yourself an interview you, you just they, they gave you an opportunity. They gave you a second chance and you didn't take it. And so are you prepared? I hope you're preparing for what you say you want or if you really don't want it as, as much as you say that you do. If you're not preparing, then you really don't want it. Yeah, you want the money. Yes, you want the, the, the fame and you want all the benefits that go along with it. But that requires preparation. Preparation proceeds the blessing. Uh, going to school, I, I'm a mathematician, and, and so as far as my my degree, and I went when I went back to school for that, I went and I picked up some math books to help me uh, in areas of math that I was not associated with because it's been years, and so. Uh, I grabbed some very, very elementary math books. You know, there's nothing wrong with reading dummy books. There's nothing wrong with reading um, and getting to the granular, getting back to the basics so that you can build on the basics to get where you need to go. These are things that are of common sense, of common sense. And so there are many other things. And, you know, so so please do them. Please do them. Learn how to interview. We're talking about preparation. Learn how to read a book. Learn how to uh, use uh, Google techniques and different things to help you accomplish. There are so many things that are right at our fingertips. You know, we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, talked about information overload and whose report would you believe? Well, I'm giving you a good report on what to do and how to do some things. But if you choose not to apply it, then I I get it because it is by choice. Uh, But my prayer is that you would so that you would have the success and uh, some sort of success that you're looking for. And and so uh, we should have some well thought out questions, some intellectual questions when we step into 
uh, an interview or when we into a business meeting, I told someone when you go to an interview, you are going to a business meeting. You are not just going to a interview. Get that word out your mind and understand that you are going to a business meeting to negotiate uh, an, a certain amount of money that you want to negotiate for a new position so that you can change from where you are. Don't go in looking at it being an interview, but you are going to a business meeting that you are accustomed to attending. I hope you get that. You should have some well thought out conversations, even in our prayer lives. Uh, we get down on our knees or we sit in a chair or maybe you're sitting on the side of the bed and you're praying. But all you're saying is you're saying, thank you, Jesus. And the Bible tells us in all things, give thanks. But there's something that may be on your heart and you want to talk to God about it. Are you having a real conversation with him? Are you having a conversation? Are you thinking about what you're praying about? I've been to prayer breakfast, men prayer breakfasts, and and I've listened to the prayers of the men, and 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 some are, are well thought out, praying for the community, praying for leadership. They know exactly what they're praying about, and others are just going through the motion of what they are accustomed to doing. And so therefore, uh, you know, what comes to mind is that if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results and we'll shake our heads. Amen. And yes to that and still walk right out and do the same thing and get the same results. It's time out for that because preparation, true preparation precedes a blessing. And so we ought to have some well thought out conversations that that we have with the Lord. And, and when he comes back, he's going to come back with an answer that is going to be backed up by his word. Well, the Bible says in the 14th chapter, it says after two days uh, that the, the feast of the Passover, uh, meaning it was before the what we consider now Easter. And, you know, there are other holidays that we practice uh, Christmas and December, which are not uh, of the scripture. No, uh, Easter was uh, is, is not. Uh, the Passover, I don't know how it was connected to the Passover, uh, but it the Passover proceeds uh, Easter by a, a long, uh, but listen. And, and so the Bible said, and of the unleavened bread and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft. And so they to put him to death, they wanted to trick him and to find some way uh, to accuse him of blasphemy so that they can kill him. Uh, but they said, no, not on the feast day. At uh, least there being uproar because there were so many people that believed in God. They put so many people that believed the word and they believed him uh, and what he was saying. And not only the words that he was that he was that he was bringing forth. Uh, uh, they were at all. You know, the Bible said they were at all because of his doctrine, uh, which was nothing but the scripture. Uh, when they brought forth, when he brought forth the scripture, he brought forth the, the book of Isaiah. When he brought forth the scripture, he went back into Deuteronomy. When he brought forth the scripture, he went back into the into the Old Testament. And so for those that don't think it's relevant, understand this. When they preached the word, they preached it from what we call the Old Testament. They preached it from Psalms. They preached it from Daniel. They preached it from the word of God. And that's what we ought to be doing today is preaching and exhorting and teaching the word from from the Bible. Bless your Lord Jesus. Are you with me, church? Amen. And, and so the Bible tell us here that that they sought out a way or they hope to put him to death. And, and so it goes on to say, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon, the leper, meaning he was once sick, but now he is healed. And they said at meat. Uh, there was a woman having an alabaster box of anointment, of ointment, of spike, a spikenard, of very precious, pricely ointment. And she break the box open and she poured it on his head. And there was some that stood around and, and they got angry. They got all upset uh, within themselves. They started to feel a certain way. Uh, you know, they, they became all uneasy and tripping and carrying on. As to why this woman took the ointment that she had uh, that she had that was very expensive and 
and, and even they begin to mumble and grumble. You know, that could have been sold for something else. And that could have had been used for something else. Uh, that should have been, uh, you know, and it, it should have been done like this. And so they murmured against her. And so they, they were already looking for an excuse to hang him. So when this woman, this woman who had been depressed, uh, this woman that had been heavy burdened, this woman that had been looking for love in all the wrong places, uh, this woman that, that used to be, uh, that was used to being abused and accused, uh, this woman that was complex and internally conflicted, wanted to escape from where she was, wanting to live and die at the same time. I, I don't know, but, but if you've ever been there, if you've ever been there, where things were just so bad, you, you want to live, but you want to die too. Bless you, Lord God, because the pain was so great. But she was now had been delivered. The, the money that, 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 that was used to accumulate the ointment came, oh my God, came from her pain. The money that was used to accumulate the ornament came from her suffering. It came from the conflict that was battling within her. It came from the being used and abused. But now she's delivered. She's delivered. And she brought that ointment that represented the pain, that represented the suffering. And she, oh. mighty God. I don't know if you if you get it. I don't know if you get it like I get it. Bless your Lord. Uh, but but you know the praise that comes out of our heart, the worship that comes out of us is because we know and recognize the pain and suffering that we once had. And the things that we once did. But now we've been delivered. And so she brought forth the oil. She brought it forth. She brought it forth. Bless your Lord God. She brought it forth. And, and uh, whatever she was saving it up for. She, did, she didn't need it now. Uh, but she, she felt a need in, in, within her spirit. And so uh, the Bible says that, and Je Jesus told them, those leaders, those religious people, she told them, leave her alone. Don't, don't bother her, don't trouble her. What she's doing right now is a good work. And he reminded them, uh, 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 shut it down, shut down the excuses. The poor you're going to have with you always. He said that, that she's done what she could. She's done what she could. She is come afore him to anoint me, to anoint his body for the burial. This gospel shall be preached throughout the entire world. This is a prophetic word. The gospel is going to be preached throughout the entire world and everyone that hears the gospel is going to know about what this woman has done a seed was planted and it was now being put on schedule a scheduled time that would produce fruit. See, somebody, somebody read the story about the woman with the alabastic box and, and how she broke it open and, and they went back and they understood where she was coming from and they realized that if he did that for her, he'll do it for me. 
I may have lost my virginity at a young age and I may have been abused and, and I may have been addicted and I may have uh, 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 hurt myself in so many ways. But God turned it around. And I now where I physically lost my virginity, but but now I'm spiritually restored. Where I had lost and messed up and was once cutting myself up and hurting myself, trying to sedate myself in various ways, I no longer need that as a resource for peace. Somebody, somebody read it, somebody heard the story about the woman with the alabaster box. And, and, and so uh, it, it is now. And she didn't know that that in that moment she was preparing for a blessing. There was not an ordinary seed that was being planted. Uh, however, uh, uh, somewhere the gospel shall be preached throughout the world. She never imagined that she wasn't she wasn't doing it for that reason. She didn't know that. She didn't know that. There's nothing ordinary about our serving the Lord. There's nothing ordinary about what we do for the Lord. Thank you, Lord. What the disciples were about to experience was extraordinary. If you are listening, applying the word of God, he takes us from the ordinary into the extraordinary. Mm-hmm. This is special. This is special. It might seem like it's not from time to time. Well, I'm going to church, you know, but no, listen, listen. <laughs> With every move we make, every step we take, uh, it, it is not. The Bible said the steps of a righteous man is ordered by the Lord. Your flesh would say, you know what, chill today. But the spirit of God and knowing what to do is right overrules that and say, no, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to the house of God. I'm preparing for the service of the Lord. On And the first day of unleavened bread, 12th verse, when he was, key, when he, when they killed the Passover, now that, what did we talk about? Just, it was prior to this. Now here we are, the first day of unleavened bread. And his disciples said unto him, where wilt thou that we go to prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? Where are we going to go do this at? Bless your Lord. But where's, where's the place at? Where are we, we going to do this? We need a place to, to assemble together and have the Passover. Now, the Passover is the commemoration of freedom of Abraham's children. And that's what the Passover is. It has nothing to do with Easter and the Western culture and so many other places in the world call Easter. The Passover is when is when God brought Abraham's children. Now, I'm leaving. I'm not saying something in my statement, because if you've been following with us in the book of Genesis, continue to follow and you'll find out why. <laughs> It's on Wednesdays at 7. They were looking to celebrate it. However, there was an issue. We're looking to celebrate some things. We're looking to do some things. And we're running into issues. Now, I'm saying that from a, a, a perspective, even as of today. Sometimes you're looking to do something and you run into an issue and you question, what am I going to do about that? And, and so you, you've been there. And, and that you've been in that situation and you wonder what to do. So they asked the Lord. They asked the Lord to gain his knowledge, to gain his information, what to do. And the 13th verse, and I love this. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And he said, and he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, he didn't send the crowd. He sent two. He sent two of his disciples and said unto them, listen, everything is not going to happen with a crowd of folks. Some of the work and what needs to be done is only going to happen with a, a, a few folks. Now understand that. 
Sometimes it can seem like you look for look for a lot of people to jump in and support you to do something uh, to help you get it done. Uh, understand that sometimes it's just a one or two that that actually makes it all happen. That's staying on top of it. That's talking about it. That's keeping it to the forefront of their mind. That's making inquiries. And, and, and so he sent forth two of his disciples and sent unto them, go ye into the city. And there shall meet you a man. When you go to the city, you're going to meet a man and he has a pitcher of water and, and the instructions is follow him. Not, not everyone, but the two going to the city, you're going to meet a man. You will know it because he will be carrying a pitcher of water. Now, here you are in the city. Here you are, you walking through the, the Ontario Mill Mall or whatever closest to you, you're in Burbank, you you know, wherever you, you're in my Marino Valley, you you walking through the mall, you, you know, you, you, you over in Dubai and, you know, and you, you, you walking through the mall, whatever it is, you're in the marketplace. And there are a number of people with pitchers of water. But he said, you're going to meet a man. And there, and, and so you see all these other people with pitchers of water. What are the odds of you knowing the right person? What are the odds of that? And everybody has pitchers of water carrying it. They transported it from the well. There was nothing ordinary about this particular pot. This particular pot of water was not ordinary. Not to the two that would see him to everybody else. It was just a man carrying a picture. But to these two, when they met the man, there was something that registered in their spirit. While you're out and you meet the person, don't listen. Let me, let me, let me put this in here. Don't despise the day of small things. That little thing. You met the man that has the pot of water. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. That prophetic word right there. You met the man carrying a pot of water. The Bible didn't say that they that they had a conversation with him. It did not say that they that they that they walked side by side with him. They it didn't say that they they helped him carry the water or anything. The instructions were you would meet a man with a pot of water. Follow him. When you're at the threshold of the blessing, there is nothing ordinary. Nope. Unusual things happen. You, 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 we describe it many times by saying, you know, I felt something. When I came into their presence, I felt something. You know, all of a sudden I was walking through the store and I just had a hunger and thirst to to, to start singing this particular song or I had a hunger and thirst to just want to fast. I just went into prayer and I don't know why. It was overwhelming, but I knew it was God. It was God leading you someplace. And so the Bible says what? Follow him, follow him. The 14 verses and, and where soever he shall go in, which means you got to pay attention. We talk about preparation, proceeding the blessing. Wherever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house when he goes into that particular place. So I don't believe that the man went into a number of other buildings on the way, but the building that he went into, wherever he shall go in, say to the good man of the house. The master said, good man of the house. Now they're talking. The master said, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? This is very specific. The master is asking where where I, I, the man recognizes that the master is asking for a place to eat with the disciples. So they followed the man with the water pot. The Bible didn't say that they uh, that the disciples uh, ate it uh, or add anything to the man, but followed him. We we need to 
tell everyone, or you don't need to tell everyone, excuse me, what you're doing. Sometimes we just need to zip our mouths and not say what we're doing. No. Uh, the Bible, sometimes we have to ponder it in our heart. We have to ponder it in our heart. Follow the instructions, do what needs to be done, but you don't have to talk about everything with everybody. Now, when he, the man with the water pot, goes into the good man's house, the good man, and we know very little about this man except that he was good. He was a good man. He was good at that hour. I, I hope someone caught that. I hope you really got that. Uh, the good man. He was good in that hour. In that moment. He was good. He was good. Last week, he may have been defi He may have been the complete definition of being bad. But then suddenly he felt a need to get it together. And now he's the good man. You don't know when the change took place. You don't know. You can speculate, but please make sure that you don't speculate too much. Don't, don't, I don't know. The Bible just says that this good man, when did he become good? You'll never know. But this week he laid aside. Last week he may have been a hellion, but this week he's a heavenly mind and he lay aside every weight, sin. He felt a need to be good and follow the goodness. Follow the goodness. That's what some of us have done. Uh, we, we felt the leading, the goodness of God leading us to repentance. And so where we once, what was bad, where we were once knuckleheads, where our parents laid awake at night wondering, will my child make it back home? Uh, where, where fathers were constantly watching over, wondering uh, what my daughter is doing or what my son is doing. Moms, and I know. But today, right now, the good man. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now and need to break off the relationship to whatever, whatever that relationship is. When I say relationship, it's not it's not exclusive to uh, to another individual. It could be a relationship with uh, you eating cupcakes every day. It, it could be a relationship with you drinking soda, stuff that's that's polluting your body, that that's causing you to have health issues. Break off the relationship. Preparation proceeds the blessing. The Bible tells us in First Thessalonians four, third verse it says, "For this is the will of God." Even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. That's what I wanted right there, that scripture, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which knew not God. Now, this letter is written to the church. It is not written to everyone. There are some messages that are to the church. This particular message is to the church today. Whether you're physically at COG or you're listening, wherever you are, this message is to you. Preparation proceeds the blessing. The 15 verses, and he will show you a large room furnished and prepared. There took something. There was something. It may have taken a day. It may have taken several days. It may have taken weeks and months. But that room was prepared. And it made ready and it was made specifically ready for the master and the disciples. Do you have the room prepared for the master and do you have a prepared for the blessing that he wants to bring into your life? If you haven't prepared it, start today. Start today. Hmm. You got to start today. I'm done. I'm done. His disciples went forth and they came into the city and they found the place that he said and they made ready to pass. Are you prepared? 
Maybe you're asking, maybe it's business opportunity, maybe a school. Are you preparing for the blessing? In order to prepare for the blessing, you're going to have to be sensitive. We talked about this the other day, being sensitive to the spirit of God, being sensitive to what God has to say. And so the two that he sent were sensitive to the instructions that God gave. They were sensitive and they followed what was said. You're going to meet a man that go into the city, go to the city, go over there and you're going to see a man. You're going to meet a man. He's going to have a water pot. You're going to have to remember all of this. It don't take a lot to remember it, but you're going to remember it and you're going to follow that man. And that man is going to go into a house and you're going to talk to the good man that's in the house. This lines up with business. You know, it, it may be a lead. See, the, the good man, um, before they got to the good man, they were following the lead. You got to follow the breadcrumbs leading up to the success that you're looking for. You have to follow. And it requires a preparation. That's the mental. That's the, the, the physical, emotional. Because they saw that there was a need. I have a need. You have a need this morning. Thank you, Lord. You have a need right now. You, you need to place that on your mind. Place it on your heart. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That there's a need. And this is this all started because they recognize a need. They recognize the need. They uh, said that where where we where. The Passover is decided. Where, where, where are we going to have the Passover at? Maybe you have, you have a question in your heart right now. This all came up out of a necessity. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. A necessity. There was a need that, that, that they wanted to meet. Bless you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, for meeting us right where we are. We thank you and we bless you, Lord. Lord, help us to be attentive, be in prayer, not, not to just be praying and asking, but to be not just to be hearers of your word, but to be doers. So we're not wasting time. Lord, but help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Help us, Lord. Help us to be sensitive to the order of things. You told them to go into the city. You told them that they're going to meet someone. They were sensitive to what you said. They didn't just follow anyone. But they followed the man that they met that had the pitcher of water. They felt something. They understood what you were saying. Help us to walk with such clarity. And they followed him, Lord. Help us to follow the lead of your spirit. Help us to follow the instructions that you have given. Lord, and then when we come into that place, give us the right questions to ask. You gave them the right words to use. You told them what to say. And they said it. And it opened an opportunity. It opened a door. Lord God, we thank you right now. As we prepare for the blessing that you have for us, help us to follow these simple instructions. Lord God, so that you're pleased and that you can bring it to pass because of our obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Lord God. There's more to come. When we talk about the blessing, there's more to come. This was just an introduction about being prepared because there are seeds that's been planted. And any time a seed has been planted, it, there's a harvest to occur. And so we're preparing for a harvest.
But I want you to know that the preparation of that blessing is proceeded. We put, we put on a different mindset. We do different things to get ready for the blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. I'm going to stop right there, but, but God bless you. All that is tuned in, you know, share the word of God with someone. Be faithful to your local ministry and continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. Amen. And so with that being said, I'm going to give a benediction. And after the benediction, I'm going to let this particular praise song play, which is said, uh, Jesus said it uh, by Eddie James. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Preparation proceeds a blessing. Jesus
night. Be blessed.